0: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. For all things ATL. AT, 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 ATL! For, 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 for everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. No, no, no. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan
1: what's going on everybody it is your boy dylan matthews with the new face right here you you used to be saying with the man the myth the legend himself bo morgan well i'm with another man another myth another legend also a national champion all-american you know i gotta come in here and gas him an All-American for Alabama, national champion with the Alabama Crimson Tide, also former Atlanta Falcon Mike Johnson, also now co-host on The Morning Shift with Tiffany Blackman and uh, Bo Morgan as well. I am honored to produce him, and I'm honored to co-host with him on this episode of P Street Football, which, by the way, you can download, like, comment, subscribe to. We are wherever you get your podcast. That's the Odyssey app, Spotify. Apple podcast wherever you get your podcast guess what P Street football is there let me go ahead and bring in my man Mike Johnson Mike what's going on brother man how we feeling today Man you know what it is this is my first
0: uh really me dipping my toe in the water cuz you know I'll be covering the Falcons on Sunday uh with the station yep. and um you know I, I I've covered a lot of things since I was done playing ball but I haven't really had the chance to dive into the Falcons man so I am I am I'm still first of all to do this podcast but I'm really stoked for football season and to yeah. uh, to watch this offensive line and, and this team go to work, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a fun fall. It's going to be a talented football team. And I think uh, I think uh, fans out there need to get their popcorn ready, man. It's going to be a good year, I believe.
1: I love it. I, I think we are in for a good year. And I'm going to just tell people what we're getting into for the start. But I want to first say we're going to get to know you here a little bit, but What we're going to get into today, we are going to talk about, we're going to continue our training camp battle series that Bo and I have been going through. But with a Falcons, former Falcons offensive lineman himself, we got to talk about the offensive line battles, battles we can expect on the offensive line. We'll go through it with Mike today. Also, we are going to get into a list that CBS Sports have. They ranked their top 10 interior offensive linemen. And Atlanta Falcon was on there. But was he too low? We'll get into that a little bit later. But first, I want to introduce the people properly to Mike Johnson. I already told you he's a Alabama Crimson Tide alum, All-American, national champion with the Crimson Tide, former Atlanta Falcons, scored a touchdown with the Atlanta Falcons as well because he played a little tight end because he's versatile like that. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But, Mike, the first thing I want to do is I want to ask you a couple of questions. The first question I got for you is, And this was a question that popped up randomly in my mind early today. I was like, you know what, I'm going to ask Mike this because, you know, there could be some stigmas around offensive linemen and, you know, obviously, offensive linemen, big dudes, burly dudes can, you know, but but they're athletes, too, as well. The one thing I do want to ask you, though, we know, you know, skill position players, they 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 be on a strict diet a lot of the times and. I feel like a stigma for offensive linemen could be they don't have to be on such a strict diet and they can maybe just eat whatever they want. But I don't necessarily think that's the case. Can can you confirm or deny that maybe an offensive lineman's diet is you know maybe just right up there with the skill position player as far as you got to be strict about what you can eat, or is your diet a little bit more looser than that of a skill position player?
0: I'm glad you brought this up, man. This is one of my least favorite stigmas. Um, <laughs> this is uh, It's the opposite of what a lot of people think it is, man. If oh. you go back to, like, usually, like, and everybody usually, for the most part, played a high school sport, a little league sport. You yeah. always had them dudes that were just, like, naturally gifted, right, man? Right. Old dude just, like, especially, like, you go into, like, ninth, tenth, eleventh grade, old dude just shows up with, like, a six-pack. And you're like, man, dude's ripped <laughs> up, man. And he really <laughs> ain't been in the weight room that much, you know? You're right. Was, like. 15 years old Uh, those dudes that have that uh genetic ability usually don't have to learn uh counting calories and proteins and diets and all that kind of stuff the way that linemen do and mm. it really is one of those things that i honestly didn't adjust to it extremely well when i got to the league to my my weight fluctuated i mean i'm not kidding you when i say this my weight probably fluctuated while i was in the nfl probably 30 pounds either way Wow. like i i played college Hardy at channel. about 304, 305. i got drafted at three twelve at one point when i was playing guard i was up like three seventeen uh when i started playing more swing tackle i bounced it back down to three hundred when i started playing more tight end it got into the two ninety range um Whew. and and a, and a lot of that honestly was on purpose man it was it it was because that i felt more comfortable doing certain things and so i learned uh how to fluctuate my weight and how to really uh, redistribute uh, a lot of the strength that I needed to do certain things. So a lot of those guys that you think uh, counting calories are not counting calories. They're just, yeah. you know what I'm saying? They're just rip- like, I, you know, what I'm saying like Julio Jones didn't walk in there and be like, man, I shouldn't eat that cheeseburger. Uh, <laughs> he, just, he was just shredded like that. And yeah. uh, I think, you know, that's the reason you see, especially like the running back position when you get done, some of these guys have not been able to do that. You see, you see a lot of offensive linemen that slim down, uh, coon has been in the news a lot. Yeah. Uh, Joe Thomas has been in the news a lot. Jeff Saturday's been in the news a lot about yep. losing 80 pounds, 100 pounds. Um, that's because those guys have learned over the course of their career to count those calories and to make sure that they're aware of their weight and, and what weight they need to play at. So it's, uh, it's, it's not what everybody thinks it
1: is, man. It's probably the opposite <laughs> of what most people understand. Wow, that is very interesting. Like, I, I knew that y'all probably want a stricter diet than most people thought, but. I didn't I didn't think it was you know like the complete opposite but it, but when you think about it it really does kind of make sense though because you know, I mean, all you both are are burning calories at an extreme rate, and I, you know, for those guys, you know, it's good for them. They can they can burn all the calories they want, but for y'all, y'all kind of need to make sure you keep a little little something there so you yeah. can stay a little bit burly because you know, obviously, you're going up against big uh, offensive uh, right. defensive linemen like the the Via Vedas and the, and the Vilt, the Vince Wilforks back in the day, uh, and the yeah. people of those nature. So that is uh that's very interesting. All right. One another quick question for you before we uh, we talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Actually, this is Atlanta Falcons related. But when you're during your time with the Atlanta Falcons, obviously you scored the touchdown. But besides that, your fondest memory during your time with the Atlanta Falcons? Oh man,
0: uh, good question. Um, actually, a lot of it was the 2012 season, man, where we had a good run. Yeah, I was playing. I played. Uh, I think three different offensive line positions plus tight end that year. Um, and we really kept a good core group plus one. You know, I think we had a little bit of injuries, but for the most part we had the same uh, group throughout the year. Yeah. Um, we came up a little bit short. We lost in the, uh, the NFC championship that year, but I don't want to break it down to just one memory. I think that entire season um, yeah. with the Tyson Claybos and the Todd McClure's and really everybody up and down that roster, Sam Baker, Justin Blaylock. Um, We had had a good group man and just had a lot of fun. And and really, when you're around people like that, that you like and that you get to know uh, that you can cut up with and that you really just enjoy going to work with. I mean, you know, just as well as anybody, it's the same at any job when you can show up, cut up, uh, have fun, but in the end, go to work and put out a good product. That's what makes uh, going to work a lot of fun. And so that that whole year really just stands out to me as a time when we were thriving. uh, But we had we had a good group as well in the meeting room and just. Had a lot of fun, man. We we um, we 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 never shied away from going to work that year, and I think you really saw that product show up on the field.
1: Love it, man. Love it. Always fun when you're winning. But all right, Mike, let's go ahead and get into some uh, Atlanta Falcons discussion. Let's first talk about the battles we could expect here around this offensive line and across this offensive line with the Atlanta Falcons this season. So I think the most interesting position probably going to be that left guard position. We know who should be there, but will he be there right away And, you know, is anybody really going to be able to compete with him at that left guard spot? Obviously, I'm talking about Matthew Bergeron, but we'll get to him in a second. Is it pretty safe to say, other than left guard, everything else is pretty much nailed down? I may Maybe you can make an argument for center, um, but, I mean, left tackle, we know it's going to be Jake Matthews. Left guard, we're going to talk about that in just a second. Center probably should be Drew Dahlman. Um, and then, obviously, right guard and uh, right tackle, That's you, you just signed, re-signed those guys. Talking about Chris Lindstrom, arguably one of the best guards in the game right now. And Caleb McGarry, you just re-signed him to a nice three-year deal. So, I guess the first question I'm going to leave with, is center pretty much locked up to you as well? Is that Drew, uh, Drew Dahlman's job to lose? Or could we see a little fluctuation there at that center spot for the Falcons this year?
0: Well, I lost you for a minute right there, but I'll dive in on, on this center mm-hmm. spot for the Falcons. And look, here's what it is. It, this is Drew Dahlman's job. Um, he's got to cut mm-hmm. down on some of the small mistakes. When he was actually blocking, he was good. Um, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's an above-average run, uh, run blocker, and above-average pass protector. Um, and what he's got to cut down on, first of all, bad snaps. Had a couple of them last year had a number of penalties i think he was up at like the eight or nine range as far as penalties goes he mm. has to cut that down and um if he does that i think he'll become one of the premier players I mean, he's shown the ability to play that center spot i think the falcons really like what his communication style brings up front um and, and so when you look at playing next to a Lindstrom and whoever it is that is playing left guard um his communication is going to be everything that's that's kind of what the center is, man. It's less of a physical thing and more of making sure all the small things are right at the center spot. So mm-hmm. for me, Drew Dolman is going to be that guy. I know that there will be a lot of people um, if Matt Hennessy is not able to kind of get that left jo- left guard job lined up, and it is Matthew Bergeron, that will wonder what Matthew Hennessey's uh, kind of outcome at left guard means to the center spot. But for me, it, it is Drew Dolman and uh, it's a guy that's earned that right. He started a ton of games there. He started every game last year there, uh, and he'll continue to. Kind of the foreseeable future.
1: Real quick before we get into the left guard spot of Matthew Bergeron you talking about Drew Dahlman and really just centers overall having to do the little things, you know, when 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 you talk about being at that center spot and kind of being, you know, one of pretty much the captain and kind of the voice maybe of that uh, offensive line and the head of that offensive line, is center the hardest. Position on the offensive line is it left tackle? What, to you, which which spot is hard? And you played a lot of those positions because again you were versatile. But which position yeah, is I, the hardest? To you on the offensive line,
0: man? They that's such a hard thing to say. It's it's definitely probably left tackle. um okay. it, It's left tackle. If you're a good left tackle, I probably wouldn't say that. like I don't think Jake Matthews, you know. Uh, yeah. he's quick. He's a dude that's, it's always had quick feet. He's been incredible. out left, he's played there. I don't know, eight, nine years now. I can't even remember how long it's been, but, um, for my money, it was all tackle spot, man, because you are essentially, backpedaling, and I don't like to say backpedaling, it's a kick set, but you are essentially backpedaling and you are uh, waiting on one of the other team's best athletes, um, to make a move on you. And, and, and they are trying to get to a spot and maybe your quarterback's mobile. Maybe he's not. Um, but you always put your yourself in that mindset. Um, Let's just talk about a Demarcus Ware, a Julius Peppers, a, a Von Miller. You're battling and you're going full, you full speed ahead. Have a three point stance and a sprint. You don't know spin move, you don't know repeat. you right. don't know to board. You be ready for all those. The guard position and Matt Bertrand is finding this out right now. The guard position happens a lot faster. There's a lot less thinking. There's not as yeah. much move and counter move. It is snap my head up, punch my hands, get my hands in their chest. Now you're dealing with a lot stronger guys. Um, and and obviously the run game for the guards is a lot a lot different. But for my money, the tackle spot, man, that's why they get paid the big bucks. Well, sorry, aside from Chris Lindstrom, that's why they get paid the big bucks to play uh left tackle, man. Cause that's a, it's a tough job. Um, and, and it's one of those where you're hardly ever right all the time. And so that's why Jake Matthews being as good as he's been
1: as being able to hold that spot down for so long. Yeah, I mean, again, like you said, a uh, good left tackle should be okay, but I could see a, a left tackle just coming in or, you know, one that maybe ain't as fleet of foot, obviously really struggling because you're dealing with some, especially these days, dealing with some straight-up dogs, some straight-up yeah. athletes coming off that edge. All right, let's transition over to left guard because I think we all – and we've talked about this on the morning shift. We've talked about it in, uh, you know, just um, off the record conversation between uh, you, Mike, and uh, you, Bo, and I. Um, Matthew Bergeron, we can write him right now in pencil in that starting left guard spot. Not pen, but pencil. He should be there. And right now, I think we're all kind of, again, penciling him in there. But do you see him maybe... Coming up against any struggles, or is there going to be a guy that you think could really challenge him for that starting left guard spot? Because I think obviously the Falcons trading up for him in the draft. If you remember, uh, I think they obviously want him to be that starting left guard. But do you see him maybe hitting any road bumps along the way trying to get that left uh, that starting left guard spot for the Falcons this year? Listen, I don't. There's, there's no doubt he's going to have. Uh... Uh, above the road um
0: he he has, he has the 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 foot speed to be able to do this um he has <laughs> the strength to be able to do this he has the smarts to be able to do this doesn't mean he's going to seamlessly be able to do this and right it, listen i think a lot of people have kind of overlooked uh, what matthew hennessy has brought to this team when he's been healthy he's been a pretty quality player uh, i know that they yep. had a little bit of a a rotating door at left guard at times last year i think they had four different starters at left guard but matthew hennessy's a quality player in his own right um I want to say mid seventies as far as a draft pick goes. So not quite the height, but he's he's not a dude that walked in off the street and just you know is is overreaching. He's not an undrafted free agent that is just kind of you know playing above his head. He he's a good player in his own right. Um, So Matthew Hennessy will will, I promise you he's not going to make it easy on Matthew Bergeron. Now Matthew Bergeron will be a guy that you're going to have to develop. I think a lot of people just oh just pencil him in. That's not how it works, man. You you you. (laughs) By the way, Matthew Bergeron now has probably five weeks off before training camp. He's got to have the ability and the pro mindset that I'm still going to get my work in. I'm still going to eat right. I'm still going to do my drills. I'm still doing all that. You don't know what Matthew Bergeron is going to be when he shows up at the end of July. I mean, if, if if he doesn't work and he goes back to Syracuse or goes back to Canada where he's from and he does not put that work in, then he'll be playing catch up throughout the entire training camp, throughout those preseason games, and probably into the season. Matthew hennessy has been through that. He knows the mindset. He knows what it takes. He knows how to prepare himself. So, I don't think it's cut and dry. Uh, I think if all things are even, that Bergeron's going to have the job. I think if it's even close to even, gonna have that have the job. But yeah. Matthew, just the, the fact that he played, and he's in the system, and he knows what there's, and he knows Jake Matthews. So uh, that's going to give him a leg up as well. So, right? Look, man, I I was out there a few weeks back during OTAs. I saw Matthew Bergeron. I saw how big the dude is. He's a big dude. Um, <laughs> he's a lot base. He, I would say he's probably the second biggest in that top eight. Wow. Behind Caleb McGarrett. he's a big dude. Uh, just just height wise, uh, he kind of so he's going to have um, the and the strength, the ability to be able to do that, but just because you have all those things doesn't mean you're just going to be slotted in. It's going to be an uphill battle for him as well.
1: Yeah. And, 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 again, too, the, the other thing about this is and, and you touched on it uh, there as well, you know, he's, he's going to be a rookie. This is all new to him. So it, it, not only is he dealing with, and we'll get into this in a second him having to change positions because we all know he was left tackle most of his career over there at Syracuse. He did play some guard and you were a guy who, again, moved around on the offensive line. So we'll ask you about that transition here in a sec. But on top of that, he's also going to be a rookie as well. So he's getting introduced to new things. every. This is his first training camp. He's going to have to get used to going through his first NFL training camp. I mean, there's just a multitude of things he's going to go through that he has not been through before, and those naturally are going to bring roadblocks. And it's going to be about how he responds to those things and responds to the adversity that he's going to face throughout the entirety of his rookie season. So it's going to be interesting to see, but look you got me excited about him because obviously he's got the size sounds like he's got the talent so i'm I'm ready, I'm ready to see him
0: i will say this man and you want to talk about the length and the difference between college training camps and professional training camps when we mm-hmm. used to get into college training camp you'd probably be let's call it august 5th all right you would look and you would have tvs in the locker room and almost like one of your first days in training camp, you'd be watching the Hall of Fame game. Like at night, you'd be like, man, they're playing a the oh, Hall wow. of Fame game. So those teams have yeah. been in training camp for a while. Everybody in the right. NFL has been in training camp for a while. Uh, you would get to, you would break training camp after, let's call it two and a half weeks in college. I, right? at that point, and I had teammates from college uh, that were a year older than me that were in training camps in the NFL. They're still locked in the dorm rooms, the hotels, the training camps after you've already broke. So, they're in wow. a week before you, mm-hmm. and they're staying a week after you. They're getting a full month of training camp in a lot of different ways. Now, that has changed because of the 17-game schedule. Right. But I don't think a lot of people understand the difference and how much longer it is for an NFL training camp. Uh, At some point, you have classes and college, so you have to yeah. break training camp. Uh, you don't yeah. have that. The NFL is now your job, and by the way, you're getting paid handsomely to do that job. So Uh, you're at their mercy and it it could be a full-on month that you are living in a dorm room uh and hanging out with guys and and, and just grinding you know 6 a.m all the way to 10 o'clock at night um it it just it's a long long deal that i don't think most people realize that there's such a big difference
1: yeah it's like you said it at that point it's your job you're getting paid handsomely to do it and there are certain expectations that you're just gonna have to fulfill and new new things that come with that as well i want to ask you one more thing about Matthew Bergeron before we transition over to CBS's top 10 offensive uh, interior offensive lineman list. But before we get to that, you were, again, a guy who was versatile, could do many things, and was good at many things, and is still good at many things. And you played played tackle. Obviously, we talked about you played tight end, scored a touchdown. You played guard as well. Matthew Bergeron, we just touched on him moments ago. He's going to be a dude that is transitioning from playing majority left tackle to playing hopefully left guard and hopefully starting for left guard at guard for the Atlanta Falcons how tough is the transition from that the you know the the rule of thumb is that if you have played tackle and you've been pretty successful at tackle then you should be able to slide in at guard now from guard to tackle maybe not so much but with him sliding in and not out going from tackle to guard should that be a pretty Easy transition from him. And you've been out there, you've talked about it, you've seen him at OTA's. Does he look like he's gonna be okay making that transition?
0: Well, uh, things are gonna happen for him. I said this much, it's it's by no means easy. I, I think the transition from left tackle to left guard is a lot easier than the transition from right guard to left guard. And I don't I don't think most okay. people understand that. When yeah. you are going from the right to the offensive line to the left side of the offensive line. It's like me telling you that you need to train for a boxing match with your right hand, and then all of a sudden you have to use your left when you go in the boxing match. Mm, you know I mean? Okay. It's just yeah. different. Yeah. So the fact that you're comfortable in a left-handed point stand, the fact that you're comfortable on the left side of the offense line gives you a small leg up. Things are happening a lot faster. And honestly, you're asked to do a lot things. That you're going to post-play games, which means that you're trying to get up under the alignment so that tackle can kind of blow and drive them off the ball. And the pass section is going to happen a lot quicker. You have to get your hands up, have to snap out of your stance, you have to get your eyes up and ready. Uh, and you have to say a good posture. So it's definitely not easy. Uh, anybody who says it's easy, they must be, a they must be <laughs> they Jay line. Matthews, Deb Bruce. They've they, they all been dead a lot, right? So yeah. It's not easy. Um, but I will say, I think transition, as long as you're on the left side, is easier than going from the right side to the left side. So hopefully that plays in his favor.
1: We hope so. And uh, hopefully, again, you can uh, right now, he's penciled into that starting left guard spot. But if we we can at some point pin him into that starting left guard spot, and that's good, that means something's going right. And it looks like it'll be a solid pick for the Atlanta Falcons. All right. Speaking of solid picks, Chris Lindstrom, he was a solid pick for the Atlanta Falcons. And now he's seeing the fruits of his labor. He got a nice, fat extension that was well deserved. Now, I believe the highest paid guard in the uh, NFL. And CBS, they recently put out a top 10 list, and they ranked the top 10 NFL interior offensive linemen of 2023. Now, Chris Lindstrom did not make the list last year. If you're wondering what the list last year was, I'll give it to you really quickly here. Number one was Zach Martin, uh, guard for the Cowboys. Uh, two was Quentin Nelson uh, of the Colts. Three, Jason Kelsey, the center for the Eagles. Four was uh, Joel uh, Batonio for the Browns. Five Corey Lindsley for the Chargers. Six Shaq Mason for the Bucks. Creed Humphrey for the Chiefs at seven. Wyatt Teller for the Browns at eight. Joe Thuney for the Chiefs at nine. And Brandon Sheriff for the Jags at 10. So this season we'll start from the top. Number one. Not a lot of change there from the from the top guy. Zach Martin, still number one. Guard for the Cowboys. Number two philadelphia eagles center jason kelsey number three joel batonio offensive guard for the browns number four quentin nelson guard for the colts number five creed humphrey for the chiefs he's the center number six offensive guard for the chiefs joe thune and coming in at number seven our very own chris lindstrom obviously right guard for the atlanta falcons but number seven do you think that's a little too low for Chris Lindstrom? Is it maybe too high or is it right where he needs to be?
0: Well, uh, I think when you look at that list, uh, the, the first thing you're looking at from some of those guys at the top is the track record. I mean, yeah, Kelsey good, is yeah. a dude that's – he's he Kelsey's like fine wine. I mean, the dude is just, right. he continues to get better. I mean, he – he gets to the second level, and their wide zone schemes like a spider monkey. I mean, he's jumping all over freaking linebackers, and he's able to pull and get. He's able to do things from the center spot that not many people can do. Uh, Zach Martin, let's call it what it is. Zach Martin's is a first-ball Hall of Famer. I mean, the, the okay. guy. He's, if, if he's not only the best guard playing right now, he's a he might be the best guard in the history of the game. Yeah. Uh, you want to model your game at?
1: Chris right. Lynch
0: from at seven to me now. Quentin Nelson's gonna. I four on the list. Quentin Nelson is a guy who really – all pro, all pro bowler, all that stuff His first for years. I think he yep. a little bit regressed last year. I don't know if there was an injury up here and there, but a little bit of regression. Mm-hmm. But all those guys have track records. And I think that's the one thing right. Chris Lindstrom battles on is He doesn't really have that long track record. He's really what you pick up as a pro. Him, right, mm-hmm. he's one of the dudes that really thrives at his own scheme. He's not right. a huge dude, I mean, he's 6'3, 305. Uh, he plays well inside that scheme. So, if you get Lynch uh, playing the way he played last year, which I mean, I, I really big too great as far as pro goes, but I would say maybe his last seven games he was above me as far as his grade goes, and even hit some nine fives along the way. Just locked down, it's going have here last year. So, if you get that longer <laughs> track record at Lindstrom uh, yeah. and you and you really uh, see it for two years, he's only going to I mean, that's going to fall off. He's not a one off. He's really good with the law. He's gotten better in every season with the Falcons. Um, so, when it's all said and done, he will be up right behind Quentin Nelson's of the world. Um, you know, look, I don't know that you're ever going to pass at this stage in your career the Kelsey's and the Zach Martin's first right. out. Of the <laughs> Exactly. Uh, has the ability to be that, that next guy in and he'll be that guy that'll be in the top three or four in a couple of years if he stays on the trajectory he's at so he, he's in a good spot
1: there you go yeah our, our hard to pass hall of famers right about now especially chris lindstrom too i mean he's still fairly you know he he's he's not a super old guy either i mean he's still pretty on, he's still on the front nine of his career you could say So but uh, he'll like you said, he'll be up in the top three or four before you know it. And uh, hopefully he starts to build that track record like you were talking about this season really shows that, hey, not only did I have a good season last year, but this is going to be a routine thing. And I'm going to continue to have routine uh, all pro type of seasons and uh, our football team. We're going to we're going to win a lot of games. So, Mike, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for hopping on. And uh, we are going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of Peace Street Football. Make sure you like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peace Street Football. We are wherever you get your podcasts. as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app. And until we talk to you guys next week, Bo Morgan will be back in the saddle, chopping it up about all things Atlanta football. We'll continue our training camp battle series. And uh, we'll focus on a new position and tell you how that position might shake up. Who'll be first string? Who'll be second string? We'll find out next week. But until we talk to you guys next time, for Mike Johnson, I'm Dylan Matthews.